Live from the Watch Dogs Radio Studio in Atlanta, Georgia, and the Watch Dogs National Office in Springdale, Arkansas, you are listening to Watch Dogs Radio. Watch Dogs Radio is a production of the Dads of Great Students program of the National Center of Fathering. For more information, go to fathers.com slash watchdogs. And now, here's the host of Watch Dogs Radio, Keith Shoemaker. Well, once again, good afternoon on the East Coast, good morning on the West Coast, and here we are, another edition of Watch Dogs Radio. You know, we've completed 100 episodes of Watch Dogs Radio. It has been a tremendously fun ride. It's been exciting. We've had some great guests, and we plan on continuing this, uh, this tradition and, and having a lot of fun here. Well, once again, good afternoon. My name is Keith Shoemaker. It is a hot day in hot Atlanta. It's a hot day in the south, and uh, I would imagine it's hot just about anywhere you are. Uh, from what I can see, I'm not much of a meteorologist, but uh, I think this is just those dog days of August where it's time to, uh, you know, we're, we're already getting back to school. We think of back to school as a fall time, a cool weather time, but uh, as I'm watching on Facebook, I'm watching on uh, Twitter, I'm watching the social media all over the place. Just about everybody has gone back to school. It's, uh, we're seeing a lot of schools in Texas that are, that are stepping back into the classroom today. You know, here in Georgia, we're, uh, we've already been there for almost a month. And uh, it's, it's just it's a great time of year. And uh, speaking of folks that are having a great time of year, how about uh, my good friend Chris Dannenauer at the Watchdogs National Office in Springdale? How you doing, Chris? Keith, I am good. It's good to hear your voice, and I uh, hope you are well, as well as your your the women in your life. You know, your daughters <laughs> and your and your and your wife. I uh, hope uh, they have adjusted going back to school. Kind of sounds like they have uh, here in Arkansas. Uh, my kids and my wife, uh, they're uh, they have started their second full week of school, so they are uh, getting back into the uh, school mode. Uh, you know, trying to go to bed at a decent time, and uh, as my uh, high school son uh, says, now he has to brush his teeth each morning uh, before he leaves the house. So he goes, "Dad, I have okay. to do it for the for the girls." So okay, I was wondering what the implications of that were. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah, now so, is, he, um, is he a freshman this year, or is he he's? He's a He's sophomore. A my oldest sophomore. boy's a sophomore. My uh, our middle child, our second son's a, a freshman. So they are uh, at the uh, school district we're in, ninth through twelfth grade is high school. So okay. uh, they see each other in the commons area. They see each other uh, in the hallways, and then there are uh, a couple of their classes that they're in together. And so uh, you know, it's uh, they, do they have lunch together so they can throw food at each other. Well, I think I think actually their block schedule is different, uh, so I think they have different lunch periods. But they, you know, if they're in a few, I think it's AP or pre-AP. I don't know science or biomedics or something, and another uh, uh, pre-AP geometry class that they see each other. So uh, you know, it's kind of weird for my oldest son to have his younger brother uh, mm-hmm. in a tenth grade class, but that's you know, it oh, is yeah. what it is. You yeah. know, so you know, I've got a I've got a freshman this year and a fifth grader. So I am uh, I, I've got my my foot on both sides of middle school right now. But uh, but certainly we're looking at those uh, middle schools, the the 
father engagement programs we've got launching nationwide. We've got uh-huh. quite a few. I've uh, I had the opportunity to uh, to do a pizza night uh, just the other night over here in um, at uh, Varner Elementary School in uh, in sure. Cobb County. Great turnout. Uh, they had to bring out some extra tables. They almost ran out of pizza. You know, we were thinking, we actually made a comment about loaves and fishes because I think when it was all over, they had 50 pizzas that they ordered, and I think when it was all said and done, they had like two slices left. They couldn't have got cut it any closer. Uh, no, that's perfect. That is that is a job well done. And I, I got a fifth-grade daughter, too, and so, you know, she, she's very blessed to have two older uh, brothers, uh, you know, one of the uh, other uh, teachers that my wife, you know, teaches with, uh, she has a son, and he was kind of picking on my daughter, and she goes, hey, if you don't leave me alone, I'll get my brother to, to take care of it. And he's like, bring him on. <laughs> and then when she found out they were, you know, 10th and 9th grade, he goes, Avonlea, I think we're going to be just fine. I think we're going to have a great school year. <laughs> so, exactly. oh, yeah. Well, that that's one way to avoid bullying. That's you know that's. Oh, oh yeah, she, she said, "Hey, my brothers will ask you to stop if you if, if, if you know if you won't listen to me." So uh, you know now they get along just fine. They're you know they play together after school ends when you know moms are uh, getting lesson plans ready for the next day or you know getting ready just for the, the next week whatever. You know this boy and girl, my daughter, you know they're playing and having a good time. So you know it worked. So life is what it is. You know, I, I, I have memories when, uh, when I was dealing with a bully and it, I guess it was grade school or whatever. I mentioned it to my brother and my brother walked me to the bus stop the following day. And, uh, you know, um, that young man found, found himself face down in the trash can. I don't understand quite how that worked, but, uh, but that was the, the one, one definite time I remember my big brother definitely stood up for me that time. So, uh, some, uh, some good memories for me anyway. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. So. Well, Chris, uh, what's our uh, what's our national numbers looking like now? I know we've got uh, we're over over four hundred or five hundred uh, schools in sure. pre-launch now. Is that right? Sure, we're, we have more than four hundred and uh, basically about four hundred and ten schools uh, are now in pre-launch. So you know, add that to our uh, four thousand and forty-nine schools, uh, you know, we're, we're probably going to be pushing, you know, I think you know easily forty-five hundred, forty-six hundred schools that will. Uh, you know, have a program, a watchdogs program, active uh, by the you know by the end of this spring. So uh, you know we have a long fall ahead, but I certainly see these 400 plus schools, you know, kicking off their program in the next you know next few weeks. Sure, and of course we're not only talking about schools in the United States, but we're getting more of an interest in Canada uh, and uh, some some overseas countries as well. So. You know, dads all over the place are, are really getting a chance to uh, to step into the school. You know, it's only one day a year that we realistically ask them to come in and volunteer. And, uh, you know, I really enjoyed, you know, going out to a pizza night. You know, for me, uh, I had a chance, you know, just seeing the looks on these guys' faces when they've stepped into the building. Some of them may, may have not even set foot within a school building since they graduated. And for them to hear that, what, you, you want me here, you need me here, you're interested in me coming in as a volunteer, um, and it's only going to cost me one day a year, I can, you know, I've got annual leave, I've got vacation time, I could do that, that's no big deal. Um, and, and when you see that, you know, it's almost like when you're teaching a child something in the classroom, when you see that light bulb come on and you say, 
I can do that. It's easy. It, it's not a problem. It's, uh, you know, uh, just like the, the gentleman in the Today Show video says, you know, just show up and make everything better. It's, you know, mm-hmm. it's really amazing to see that. You know, Chris, this is our 101st Watchdogs Radio episode. And uh, very proud of that, proud of the work that we've done, Watchdogs Radio, the, the Watchdogs organization, all the people that have helped uh, make this production what it is over the last uh, two years that we've been uh, working on getting Watchdogs Radio up and running. And if you'll notice, our format today is going to be a little different. We are tailoring it more. We are starting to get some interest from some broadcast radio stations. Um, we're trying to tailor it more so that it fits into a broadcast radio format. So you might hear a, a little bit of a different sound to the show today as we move forward. But being our 101st episode, and I don't want to keep our, uh, our special guest on hold for too long here, but I wanted to do a, basically a Watchdogs 101. So, Chris, if you can help me out, when someone calls you up and, and calls our national office at 888-540-DOGS, 540-DOGS, um, and sa- somebody says, what is Watchdogs? Chris, I'm going to put you on the spot. Somebody just called and said, hey, what is Watchdogs? Give me the Watchdogs 101. The 101 is, hey, we're a father involvement program uh, at the National Center for Fathering, and, you know, we are the educational initiative, and we get dads uh, to come to school to volunteer to meet the educational goals uh, of the school. Awesome. And, and just to give them a chance to connect with the teachers, to connect with the other students in the classroom, to understand what your child's day is like when you put them in that brick box for eight hours when you take the most precious thing you have in your world and in your life and you put them in this environment for that period of time it is imperative that we have a input in that that we understand what's going on so that when they come out of that brick box at the end of the day we can support them at home we know what's going on in the classroom we know what types of uh, educational environment we're in. We know the type of technology they're using. We know the friends they're hanging with. We know the teachers that they're interacting with. We know the specialist teachers that they're interacting with on a, on a day-to-day basis. And we learn how important music, art, gym, uh, uh, computer lab. And now we're seeing so many schools that are having STEM classes. Uh, uh, science, technology, oh, what's the E? Help me out here. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, you, you're, you're right. I mean, <laughs> Uh, you, you just threw me a curveball. Uh, I uh, wasn't looking for it, but yeah, I mean, we <laughs> encourage these kids to. Uh, I mean, you know, when the dads are there, they truly appreciate what the teachers uh, pour in and how they educate uh, our children. You know, they're kind of like caught off guard that it's not a eight to three job. It's a you know a true full time job where you know they're there on the weekends. They're there uh, during the summer. You know, they don't have summers off. And so, yeah, so by showing these men, you know, dads have got plugged in into your art, into your into your uh, physical education, into your music, into your computers, uh, into your library, or, you know, some schools even have a, a, you know, ESL or ELL that they use these dads to come in and volunteer, even in special education, dads to come in and work with students uh, throughout the classroom on various projects. Our various various assignments. Exactly, and uh, and of course our, our teachers. We love our teachers, and 
You know, I, Chris, you and I both know that, you know, that, that when the school bell rings, the teacher's day is not over by any means. You know, I, I see, uh, you know, and I have communications with teachers, but, you know, I, I see my wife, you know, working, you know, on her, her school computer till you know, 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night, getting all the information, getting the data entered, getting all that the, the, the mm-hmm. stuff that's required these days. And, and parents just don't realize how hard our teachers work and what a tough job being a teacher is. You know, I heard somebody say the other day, well, I'm just going to retire and get a couple classes and go be a teacher. And, and I thought, you know, do you really understand how much is involved in teaching and how much is involved in education today? Mm-hmm. Well, um, you know, uh, Chris, I've got our, our guest on hold here. We're going to get a, a quick uh, hello from our guest and then we'll uh, we'll go into our break and then in the second half of the show we're going to hear uh, from our guest here. But I'm going to uh, real quickly get on here and say hello from uh, today in, uh, in Washington, D.C. from what I understand, but based in Philadelphia at Temple University, Rebecca Kaufman, who is with the Fatherhood Research and Practice Network of Temple University. Rebecca, welcome to Watch Dogs Radio. How are you doing today? Good, good. Thanks so much for having me. Well, uh, we are uh, very happy to have you. Uh, Chris and I got kind of uh, off on a tangent there, and, of course, we love talking about our teachers. Um, we're going to take <laughs> a break here in about a minute, and, uh, and we're going to hear from the uh, CEO of the National Center for Fathering, Carrie Casey. We're going to talk about the uh, uh, engagement that we have with the movie that came out this week called The Game Stands Tall. So, uh, Rebecca, if I can put you back on hold, when we come back, we're going to hear all about the Fatherhood Research and Practice Network at Temple University. Sounds great. All right. Here's Carrie Casey, author and CEO of the National Center for Fathering and Father of Four on Coaching Character on Today's Father. Responsibility, commitment, forgiveness, leadership, brotherhood, and yes, a good dose of football thrown in. I'm talking about When the Game Stands Tall, the new movie that just showed up in theaters last Friday. Yes, it's certainly a great football movie, but it's so much more. When the Game Stands Tall is based on the true story of De La Salle High School's football program, which won 151 games in a row, the longest winning streak in sports history. But unlike a lot of sports movies, the focus is what happens after the winning streak is over and how the coaches and teammates deal with all the questions and adversities. What really impressed me is how Coach Latticer focuses on the young men's character even more than their performance on the field. He is very much aware that winning football games really isn't winning if the players aren't also developing as young men. It's more about loving each other, playing together, being selfless, handling adversity, and sacrificing for the cause than the final score. It just so happens that those virtues very often lead to winning on the field. Now, I am not just here to talk about a movie today. As fathers, coaching is one of the key fundamentals of championship fathering, according to our research. My challenge for you today is, are you being intentional about coaching your children to be people of strong character? A coach sets up a system of activities to help each player grow and shape his team into a cohesive unit. He identifies gifts and strengths of each player in areas they might need extra training. He sets each player up for success. 
Have you given some real thought and effort to nurturing your kids in a similar way? One great question to ask yourself is, how can I help prepare my child for life? Maybe there are lessons you learned the hard way about money, relationships, or work ethic, or faith. Find a way to share a nugget or two of wisdom with your kids. And like a good coach, use teachable moments when real life is happening to briefly draw your child's attention to the larger lesson or virtue being applied. How are you coaching your kids in these areas, Dad? If you haven't already, I urge you to see when the game stands tall with your kids. Maybe that will help you start a healthy discussion on some of these topics. This is Kerry Casey for Today's Father. To get our free ebook for dads, The Five Things Every Kid Must Get From Dad, just visit fathers.com. Again, that's fathers.com. Or you can call 800 593 DADS. Thanks for listening, Dad, and keep up the good work. Hi, Dad. I hope you've had a great summer and took some time to connect with your kids. Soon, it'll be back to school time. Just because your children are back in school does not mean that you can't be engaged with your children. Over 4,000 schools nationwide have adopted the Dads of Great Students program, otherwise known as Watchdogs. Ask your school if Watchdogs program is available. If not, go to fathers.com watchdogs to learn more. That's right, it is back to school time, and it is time, Dad, to look at your calendar and figure out what day it is between now and the end of the school year that you're going to take that vacation day, that paid time off, that annual leave day, whatever you call it. You can even call it a sick day, and we won't tell your boss. And, of course, if you were the boss, I didn't say that. But, um, but yeah, look at the calendar for the rest of the school year and figure out what day it is that you're going to volunteer to go and be in the school, to work in those classrooms, to see what goes on in the lunchroom, to see what goes on in those specialist areas, and then to come out at the end of the day with a brand new relationship with your kid to understand what their school day is like. Well, I'm going to bring Chris back on here and, uh, and our special guest, I'm going to reintroduce Rebecca Kaufman, who is the project coordinator with the Fatherhood Research and Proc- Practice Network of Temple University. Rebecca, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, can you tell us a little bit about what FRPN is and, and uh, kind of give us a little background? Absolutely, absolutely. It would be my pleasure. You know, the, the Fatherhood Research and Practice Network is, is somewhat new. We're almost a year old now. We were funded in back in October of last year, 2013. And um, we're going to be around for the next four years. In total, we're a five-year project. And um, we were awarded a $5 million grant from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. And um, what we're aiming to do to promote rigorous evaluation of fatherhood programs. Um, those are programs that obviously work with fathers. So those might be Head Start programs or Early Head Start programs, um, local child support agencies, um, child welfare agencies, anyone who's working with, with fathers or dads. And um, we're, we're hoping to help these programs that work with fathers to think about evaluation in the work that they're doing, um, to think about doing a little bit of research on what they do to help identify what's working and um, what needs more improvement. So that's yes, kind of a brief synopsis of, of the Fatherhood Research and Practice Network. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll certainly uh, have to talk to you about uh, what we're doing at Watchdogs in, in the uh, National <laughs> Center for Fathering as well. Absolutely. So. 
Now, when you look at, um, now I understand your focus is, uh, is fathering in general, but you're looking at areas where there is a tremendous amount of need. We're looking at, uh, at, at urban areas. We're looking at areas where uh, when, when we talk to people from National Center for Fathering or from Watchdogs, the people that are telling us, well, our kids don't know who their fathers are. Um, mm-hmm. our, don't think we're going to get that kind of a response. Now, we, we know from our experience that we do get a response, but that, that stereotype and that, that perception exactly. is there. So how are we addressing these areas? Absolutely, absolutely. So, you know, our, our focus is for low-income fathers. You're absolutely right. And traditionally understudied and underserved populations. So the fathers that you mentioned, you know, they're traditionally non-custodial fathers, which means they may not live with um, the child's mother or they, the child's mother and the child's father may not be romantically involved or married. And that's okay. These, these fathers are obviously just as important as, as married fathers, and we hope that these programs are helping these fathers to be involved in their children's lives in meaningful ways. And so by, by looking at, at the ways that fathers are involved, um, which are sometimes called outcome measures, so looking at the changes that the program produces, um, we hope to identify what are the positive impacts of these programs. So our focus is really with, as I said, this population, this understudied population um, that many of these fatherhood programs serve. Mm-hmm. So can you give us an example of the organizations, and, and, and we believe, you know, I'll put it out there, we believe all, all boats rise with the tide. You know, we, we're going to support a fatherhood program uh, as, as far as, you know, things that are, that are bringing issues that are, that are helping to address the, the American fatherhood crisis. You know, mm-hmm. we often say a divorced dad doesn't necessarily automatically mean bad dad. Um, right. It, it's just, it's, it's heartening to see some of the, and hear some of the stories that we hear of dads that are non-custodial dads that have that opportunity to serve, for instance, as a watchdog when they're, you know, they're not having that connection with the school because they don't get the backpack at the end of the day. They don't mm. get those messages from the PTA. You know, PTA mm-hmm. has a tremendous male engagement program going, and, and male membership in PTA is going through the roof. You know, we're, we're up, the last count I heard was like 22%, and I know we're way above that now male membership in PTA. So, so getting back to what my, my original question is, what are some of the uh, programs that you're seeing that are having a positive impact today? Absolutely, absolutely. Well, you know, since, since our network has, has just started, we haven't actually done any um, research to look at outcomes yet. We actually just started. Um, our first funding opportunity just ended. Um, we're having three years of funding. Where we're actually awarding programs, small grants, um, starting at $50,000 to do that research themselves. So, you know, I'd love to tell you the programs that I think are doing really okay. good work, but I don't have any research to su- support that at this point because we, we've just started. But some of the good research that we've been doing so far is that it's really important when you go in to do 
research that you have measures that can really evaluate yeah. whether a program's working or not. And so what we've been doing is we've been talking with fathers, um, especially in the tri-state area, um, since we're mm-hmm. based at Temple University, um, okay. and helping to talk with fathers about what they think about different measures. And a measure is simply a questionnaire or a survey, and asking okay. for their feedback, asking for the types of things that they do with their children, and the types of barriers or things that make it difficult to be involved with their children. Absolutely. And from Absolutely. these focus yeah, groups, we're looking to develop these measures or questionnaires that programs can then use to really test out um, what, what's working in their program and if there, there are good changes that are developing from it. Um, so our first year of funding um, just ended. We're, we're reviewing the proposals right now and we'll be awarding small grants um, early fall in probably about a month or so. And then we're going to have two more years of funding so, so programs that work with fathers can apply for these small grants to help do evaluation work. And I should add, you know, it's, it's, um, you know, our aim is to help researchers and practitioners really work together. Um, so mm-hmm. programs may not have the capacity to do the evaluation work themselves, and that's mm-hmm. okay because our hope is that researchers will support um, these programs in their efforts. Well, and exactly, and that's you know, one thing that in the, you know, of course, we've been running as a program since 1998. And, uh, wow. And the Center for Fathering, and, you know, my work, over the last six years, it is hard to go back and figure out, you know, what are your benchmarks? What are your mile points? Mm. What, how do you know when you're being effective? We know we're being effective. We hear it. Absolutely. We hear the positive feedback. But when someone comes to us and says, you know, put some numbers on it, put some data on it, we're having to pull data from, you know, Census Bureau. We're having to pull data from uh, Journal of Criminal Justice. We're having to, you know, pull other data so to be sure. able to have an idea of what that, you know, what those data sets are would be amazing to be able to see, it, you know, exactly where we're making these impacts. So if somebody wanted to apply for a grant, um, yes, how would they go about doing that? Absolutely. Well, our website outlines all of the details. Our website is www.frpn.org. Um, that's just our name, Fatherhood Research and Practice Network. And on, on the Fatherhood Research and Practice Network, we have a bunch of different different resources. We have some different um, tools that we think will be useful to programs. We have a forum where researchers and programs can talk with each other. And then, of course, we also have our posted RFP, um, Request mm-hmm. for Proposals, where we invite programs to submit um, a request for proposal. Okay. Well, we will definitely take a look at that. And, and I certainly would, uh, would like to uh, talk about working together with you. I mean, obviously, we're working in the same direction, we're you know we're addressing the fathering crisis in the United States, and, uh, and, and in a lot of cases, in, in, in actually some of our cases even abroad now, but um, mm. but to be able to see what our country is doing or what what a lot of us are doing in the country, uh, and to see so many different fatherhood programs, you know we've worked with so many other groups uh, over the years. As a matter of fact, you and I met in Memphis. Uh, at a conference there that was hosted by another fathering group. Um, So there is a lot of work. It's just, you know, there's a lot of work to do. And it's amazing that that there are so many people that are are trying to do this. And if we can all get in the same boat and row together in the same direction, it would be Mm -hmm. phenomenal. Absolutely. I completely agree. Completely agree. 
now as a uh, as a five year grant now is there um, can you tell us I mean I understand you're based at Temple is there yes, a right. significance to the connection with Temple University? Well, Temple University has a researcher there. His name is Dr. Jay Fagan, and um, Dr. Jay Fagan is the, actually the co-director of the Fatherhood Research and Pre- Practice Network. Um, the other co-director is Jessica Pearson, and she's at the Center for Policy Research, which is located in Denver, Colorado. And the two of them, um, about a year ago or so, submitted the grant um, to actually the federal government, um, saying that they felt they were qualified um, and could lead this effort. And the federal government agreed and awarded this grant through Temple University to have them lead the network. Um, so uh, Dr. Jay Fagan has been in the field for a long time, has had um, interest in low-income fathers in particular um, for a very long time, and they, they felt he was qualified to, to lead the effort. So that's how, okay. that's well, how Temple are, University, yeah. Hey, Rebecca, we are out of time. Give us that web page oh. one more time, and then we've got to get sure. out of here. Absolutely. It's www.frpn.org. Well, Rebecca Kaufman, thank you so much for joining us on Watchdog. Thanks for having me. Rebecca, thank pleasure. you. For thank you for joining us in another edition of Watchdogs Radio. Watchdogs Radio is a production of the Dads of Great Students program of the National Center for Fathering. For more information on the Watchdogs program and how to bring this great program to your school, go to fathers.com/watchdogs. Remember, the only schools that don't have a Watchdogs program are the ones that just don't know enough about us. And now for Eric and Chris and the staff at the Watchdogs National Office in Springdale, this is Keith Shoemaker. Be sure to join us next week. Have a great week. I'd like to see what we can do. I don't know, don't know what happened there, but I lost you there for a second. Um, yeah, I'd like to talk to Eric about you know what we can do to either uh, you know work with you guys or um, you know maybe apply for a grant or something. It was, I, I learned a lot today, so thank you. Oh, are you still there? Hello, hello. Hello. Rebecca, if you can hear me, I'm showing you're still on. <laughs>